Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah, so just prepare to. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 625, coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and former season ticket holder. This show, we're, we're going to go snorkeling. I'm excited about that. And we're going to talk about the Miles Turner chaos. And, of course, we're going to have a stat of the week for you and maybe more. Uh, Joe, Joining... just, I, you know, I know how you love uh, when I interrupt you. Um, uh-huh. is, the, is the stat of the week going to be uh, duck vehicle related? Well, just got scooped. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like once a month we do a duck vehicle related. Sadly. This is something that's uh, that's been you know weighing heavily on my soul. So apparently. This is my this is my outlet to the world, so this is where it goes. Well, joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like butter toast. Well, uh, secondly, because uh, Colson's already introduced himself, sort of. It's as good as it's going to get <laughs> in any case. Yeah, exactly. That's all you get from me this week. Yeah. Now, he'll be interrupting everyone shortly as well. It's, <laughs> it's high school home. Of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland. It's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Birthday shoutouts this week. Uh, our very own Enforcer. Got a birthday coming up. And a Pops. Happy birthday, boys. Capricorns. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthdays. Is it Births Day? I can't remember. <laughs> births Day. Surgeons General. <laughs> From Asheville, North Carolina, he's our interrupting house, uh, in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles, John Colson. Uh, interrupting house was the name I've been in high school. Great. <laughs> Please move on. From Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Uh, this week, I am drinking fresh squished... IPA mm. from Martha's Apothecary, mm. aka Mariah and Dallas Delgado. What? Dallas. Oh. Yeah. No wow, way! Nice. Sweet, sweet homebrew modeled after uh, Deschutes' fresh squeezed IPA, and it is mm. tasty to my palate. Nice. They hand squeezed nice. that. Sure. They hand squished it. <laughs> they squished it. <laughs> That's awesome! Shout out. Before we get into the show, we'd like to remind listeners they can support us by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables and support us for as little as a dollar per month. Patrons 
do get access to our Slack and where we do uh, do some nonsense talking. Been a lot of stats posted there this week. Shoutouts, Easy Money, who's uh, bringing the heat with uh, the random, random, random things and and uh, wild stats that uh, shouldn't exist but do. So there was another, there was another uh, series of uh, uh, of panicked messages from Colson. He he's got his uh, pencil, his paper, and I don't know what other other uh, implements you use to to build your statistical analysis. But uh, he, as he presented to us, it was a a, a snorkel level deep dive into the five-man lineups that the Pacers have been rocking. And I think he's got the solution for winning basketball in Indiana. But, Colson, tell me what you found this week in your in your uh, your trip out into the water. Well, yeah. No, I, you know, I feel like um, Carlisle has a, a large coaching staff. Um, I feel like he's got probably, I, I feel like the franchise itself has some people that crunch numbers, um, but nobody's got the answers I do. So call me, I don't know, tweet at me, whatever the kids do these days, Instagram me. I, he's I he's looking me. for a steady nine to five. So exactly. You know. if, everybody, if everybody's got a nine to five, Pick because what up. I, what I did is, as I went on uh, basketball reference, uh, shout out basketball reference, love these guys. Uh, and I just looked up five-man lineups uh, for the Pacers. Not that hard to do. Um, I feel like um, I feel like my Pacers staff should be doing this. That's some shallow uh, snorkeling like, right I feel, there. I think we need to talk to you about about how to present your skills. <laughs> yeah. I I did all this myself. Is what I did. I feel like on your I feel like on your resume, you're gonna list out all these great things you did and be like, mm, wasn't that hard? Not a big deal. <laughs> Don't pay me much money for it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, anybody could do this. So uh, the top two uh, minutes getters, uh, five man lineups, um, are uh, the starting lineup uh, that you know now, which would be Halliburton, Neemhard, Buddy Heald, uh, Neesmith, and Turner, and the second uh, uh, minutes getter uh, lineup would be the previous starting lineup. Uh, before uh, Jalen Smith lost his uh, starting minutes at four, that would be Halliburton, Neemhard, Heald, Jalen Smith, and Turner. Uh, both of those those lineups, uh, negative in points, uh, and all rebound categories, uh, they're sort of average on assists, blocks, and turnovers, but they are not excelling. Uh, basically, these negative are... Negative in points? <laughs> yeah. Are you shocked by this, Joey? We start every game in a hole. This is the thing. We're starting a team that cannot get a lead, hold a lead, rebound anything, and we're not elite at anything. These are the lineups that we start with. My only, I mean, I guess that tracks for me, but the thing that I'm, I just don't normally associate, you know, winning basketball with a, a uh, minus on the for, for the starting five. Yeah, well, um, again, uh, go back and look at the tape. We tend to spot teams ten to fifteen points in the first quarter. Uh, 
Um, and I think there's a very legitimate reason for that. Uh, these so starters lineups, don't matter. This is the new NBA. <sighs> what I'm saying is that I think this team could be way better if we didn't play these lineups. Um, I think this team is potentially, and I and I want to I don't want to overstate uh, how uh, how important this is going to be for Kyle's staff when he listens to this. But I think if he pays attention to my lineups, we're a home court advantage in the playoffs team. The Halliburton, Matherin, Heald, Neesmith, Turner lineup. So you just replace Neemhard with Matherin. Um, is in our top five of everything. Points, rebounds, assists, blocks, turnovers. It's killer. That's mm. the lineup. It tends to be also um, our closing lineup, um, as, as, as you'll go through. And we talked last week and the week previous about how we tend to close these games out well. I'm just saying it's time to start Matherin. It's time. I know that Carlisle is, uh, you know, I don't know, trying to prove something to a rookie to earn his minutes. But I think he's also very smartly um, saying... Matherin is the key scorer on the bench, and so let's keep him on the bench. Um, I think with staggered lineups, you can still have Matherin being your key lineup scorer on the bench, and I have done that for him if he'd like to look at what I've done here. <laughs> uh, a, co- a couple of points that I've, I've looked at from, from going through these lineups. So I, I did the top seven lineups. They're all positive scoring against opponents, and all of them but two are positive rebounds all of them are positive assists and all of them are positive blocks i think but one um so so we're doing sort of the basic things with the lineups that i culled from the basketball reference right and what i did is i sat down and i said can you make these minutes work and can you make these adjustments work during a game uh to keep these lineups solid and the answer is yes, I did it probably. I mean, it took, Joey, it took me like four or eight or ten hours. It was like 45 hours of work. It's definitely worth money. Um, mm-hmm. you, you say I undersell myself, but I, it, it took forever to figure this out, but I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason what, did the same thing, but he just typed it into chat GPT and <laughs> it just spat, spat out the answer. What I've learned is that um, <laughs> meme hard, hard. Not hard, Joey. Uh, Neemhard, the B is uh, silent for baller because he's a badass. Uh, He's done such a great job of being a secondary ball handler for us. Um, What I've learned is that every lineup he's in, um, we are terrible uh, in rebounding. We just are. The assists are there. Defensive numbers are okay. But we just, we suffer... Uh, rebounding wise for a team that suffers on rebounding and unfortunately i think he needs to get his minutes cut um to to make us a better rebounding team so he's now playing starters minutes he's playing around 28 minutes a game i believe um i think that needs to be reduced to more of a like 18 minutes a game and i love him i think he's great i think he's really important to this team i think he's a great rookie but i think you put him on the bench and you make him part of the bench unit. The other thing I've learned is that Brissett is on a lot of lineups that are really positive for us. 
the Halliburton uh, Neemhard healed Brissett Turner. The what I want our new bench lineup to be: McConnell, Matherin, Duarte, Brissett, and Smith. Um, is an excellent lineup for us. Um, it's very good on on positive um, as far as uh, scoring and rebounding and assists. Um, Wait, and say that again. It was McConnell, McConnell Matherin, Duarte, oh, Duarte, Brissett, and Smith. And also interestingly, um, I think it's our fourth best lineup based on what I my metrics. Halliburton healed Duarte, Smith, and Jackson. Really good lineup that hits all of the marks. Um, so that's something you could do either bringing a bench in or bringing a bench out, you know, so you have your starting guard sort of thing and then you bring in your front court and you can sort of mess with the way the timeline goes. So my my advice uh, to uh, Carlo would be more Brissett, less Neemhard, um, a little bit of Jackson, and more Turner and more Matherin and more Halliburton. I mean, honestly, that makes sense, right? There are three best players. If you were to start with Halliburton, Matherin, Heald, Naismith, and Turner, play that for whatever the first six to nine minutes of the game, and then have them finish the game for the last nine minutes, this team doesn't get in the holes it does, honestly. And if you have this McConnell, Matherin, Duarte, Brissett, Smith, or a Halliburton, Heald, Duarte, Smith, Jackson, um, in these areas... um, I, I just think that we start not just barely winning games, but blowing teams out uh, based on the numbers I've looked at. And it basically means slightly more minutes for Halliburton and Matherin. Halliburton and Heal are all playing 32 minutes a game, or 30 minutes a game. Matherin's playing less than that. But if you put him up to starters minutes because you're starting him and play Turner basically the same minutes you're playing him, maybe a little bit more, and then just just less Neemhard more Neesmith, more Brissett, less Smith, less and more Jackson. Uh, it's that easy. So um, I'm ready for us to win uh, 50 games. I've solved it for you, Carlisle. I'll send you the spreadsheet. It's 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 not that hard. I have honestly done it. It's I figured out how to do it. I'm just impressed that you wrote it all in puffy paint. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, the, there, there's nothing that really surprised me. The, 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 uh, except the, I mean, because clearly Matherin uh, playing more makes us better. Um, I think I was surprised how much Brissett changed the lineups. He is very positive in all of these things, and I was surprised how effective the Halliburton healed Duarte Smith and Jackson lineup was. And I'd like to see that on the floor more because I don't really feel like I've seen it. Although I think it said it was it was they played like forty minutes together or something like that. But um, I'd like to see more of that. That's a fair amount. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, I guess it sort of uh, is probably what every Pacer fan and casual fan at this point is thinking when they watch the Pacers: is why does Mathern not start on this team? He like puts up nearly twenty points a game and leads the team in free throws, right? So the other uh, pro of starting the game with Matherin is in both the first and the third quarters, you might get into the penalty more quickly. 
mm-hmm. right, and get the other team in foul trouble more quickly, um, which would be even more benefit at some level. I haven't read anything about the philosophy from Carlisle about not starting Mathern because it's not a rookie thing because he starts Nimhart. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I so. do think I, I do think it's about the scoring punch in the second unit, but if you stagger that, I mean, you basically just play him starter minute and you play him with the second unit, right? So you pull him out first with the starters and you put right. in Nimhart. Kind of like what know. they used to do with the Sabonis, right? Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you pull yeah. him out first and then you let him be the, the, the centerpiece of the second unit. That's very doable. And the, because we have so many guards, you can play Heald or Nimhart or, um, you know, even Neesmith, you know, in some of those minutes. Well, in McConnell, right? Like, you've just got a bunch of guards that you can sort of cover his minutes on that bench space. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, in that starter pre-bench sure. space, yeah. right? And then make him the, the feature in the second unit. And I, I think it's it needs to happen. I think he should be playing 32, 34 minutes a game. I think that solves a lot of problems. I know so, he's a rookie, but let him work through it. So my, my thinking on this is twofold. Uh, the first piece is that our, our starters aren't the best five in the league, right? We're, we're beating teams in transition and we're beating teams with our bench. That's what this team, mm-hmm. that's the niche it's carved out for itself. That's what it really does. Mm-hmm. And by letting Halliburton be leader of team A on the floor, you're also giving Mather an experience mm-hmm. leading team B. Um, so I think that there's there's benefit there. And then the second part of that for me is that, uh, I mean, don't we want him to get six man? Isn't that what this is really all about? You're trying to steal his hardware? <laughs> yeah, you're right. So uh, Paulo Bancaro is probably going to win rookie, but um, I mean, there's Matt, just no there's got a that real guy, chance right? at six man. I, I mean, it'd be hard to not give it to the kid, right? I mean, he's been fantastic. He's leading the in points for sure. Yeah, and 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 uh, uh, and, and it's not just teams. him. It's a great bench unit that wins games, yeah. and he's out mm-hmm. there in oh, yeah. crunch time. I mean, I'm fine with playing the kid more minutes. You can leave him and Halliburton out there for forty. I mean. Probably shouldn't because, you know, long-term health and all that. But, I, you know, I'd watch these kids play all day. I, sure, they're, yeah. they're fantastic. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, I think I, it shows great restraint from Carlisle. I do, too. <laughs> these guys are only playing 32 minutes a game. Like Halliburton, the fact that Halliburton isn't playing 36 or 38 or 40 at this point is... Right, which he's not. Yeah, I was looking at right, his numbers. Which is it's incredible. Not, yeah. right? And I think it's it's to probably the long-term vision of this franchise. I mean, I don't... I don't think anybody has fascinations that we're going to be contending for a title this year. So, you know, let's be competitive, you know, but yeah. let's not run our guys into the ground kind of thing. So, But it's still tough. I mean, there's no question about how competitive Carlisle is. And when you're out sure. there and, you know, the game's hanging by a thread and, you know, you think you can just go out and grab it, you know, it's, it's hard to keep those guys, keep your, keep your, you know, your best racehorses in the stables in those moments. But he's, I, I agree, he's shown a lot of strength this year. <laughs> well, Managing minutes. He also, I mean, he trusts Neymar, right? Like, Oh, and I do too. I mean, I, I, I the kid just not enough won to get some games. There. Well, no, no. I mean, the kid went, won some games uh, for us when, when Halliburton was out. I mean, that still, that Golden State game is my favorite game of the season when he just took over and ran that show. Mm-hmm. Um, He's very talented. He's 
he's a guy I want on my team. And I think I even referred to him as, you know, a short Derek McKee, the sort of the glue that keeps things together. But when I started looking at these lineups, part of the problem is, you know, we just get demolished on the boards yes. any lineup he's in. And that is a problem for this team. And he plays a lot of minutes. And so I would reduce his minutes a little bit just to help our rebounding. Uh, I'm not saying take away his minutes. I'm saying he's playing starter minutes right now. Put him on bench minutes. That's all. I mean, that's that's definitely taking away minutes. Uh, <laughs> it, it is. It is. I, I mean, I guess I would argue a, a couple of things specifically with regard to that. I think that, I mean, we're, you have to remember we're in the midst of, you know, winning seven of our last nine games, right? So the best yeah, basketball, this is fix it. Yeah. So that's definitely part of it. I think also these metrics reflect, you know, earlier parts of the season where we sure. weren't playing as well. That's um, true. That's so it, it feels like a tough time to start tinkering for sure. Um, and uh, Neymar just, he brings so much to the table. I agree. I mean, it, he's got the intangibles. And, and I just love having, you know, Halliburton is such a brilliant passer. And I love to have him be able to pass to another guy who's a brilliant passer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like your second and third actions become so much more. Um, Makes the offense pop. Yeah, it's it's almost violent in the way that it's done. Like it's just, I mean, it's amazing. The, 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 there's a ball on the hands of the shooter at the right time in the right place from two guys on the floor at the same time. That's very important and impressive for sure. And I don't want to again. I don't want to steal that from what's happening right now. I just when you start looking at the numbers, you realize what's happening here. And and I I think it's if we want to make a jump. I think you start Matherin. I, th- I think we've started these games out in the hole over and over and over again. And I understand that in the second unit, Matherin gets to sort of do his own thing. And, um, you know, McConnell's running that. He's still running that offense. But a lot of it is Matherin just sort of going to the hole and getting fouled. And I don't want that to be my offense, you know, to start a game. But... Looking at the numbers, it's our most effective lineup. <laughs> is Halliburton, Matherin, Heald, Neesmith at power forward, and Turner at center. The, I thought maybe we needed to be bigger. I thought, you know, all that stuff. These things hold up rebounding-wise, assist-wise, um, points, uh, everything. Um, it's very impressive. That's a really good lineup for us. And I know we're finishing games with that lineup, but I just I'm just tired of starting games in the hole. I mean that's fair. That's a fair thing to be concerned about, but you know, yep. the winning seven of the last nine games is assuages a lot of that uh, sure. consternation <laughs> for me. Um, the other thing, I mean, you know, Matherin benefits, I think, from playing when he comes off the bench. He benefits from playing either against a second unit mm-hmm. defender yep. or mm-hmm. a. I mean, I guess you're not super tired after seven minutes of basketball but like you know it's you're more you're tired than not risk, having yeah. <laughs> played seven minutes of basketball <laughs> yeah um so he can attack you know right. tiredish defenders and i think his success in the fourth quarters especially is you know him taking advantage of 
of tired guys at some level. Yeah. I, I don't want to see more of, of the offense I saw at the end of that Sixers game where we all stand around and watch Mathern try to take somebody off the dribble. I just think that that's easy to defend. And, I mean, maybe that's why Carlisle is keeping it on the yeah. bench. Cause like, Fair enough. That's his, like, you know, like I said in, in Monday show, like he's kind of got blinders at some level. Like, because he knows how basketball works. And if you get into the lane and draw contact and put pressure on the, the referees, then... Run downhill. Yeah, yeah you're, you're going to get to the line and you're going to be successful. And... Yeah, but not put, if, if, you, if you put him in the starting lineup, not, he's going to do that. Like that's just yeah. But and and, and I think that the learning curve for him and what we learned. Yeah, granted, you know the two minute uh, report from the NBA said, yeah, these were fouls. But refs are going to stop giving you the benefit of the doubt when you're just running in and trying to get a foul at the end of a game. Well, especially when and you're that's a that's a learning yeah. curve for him. Yeah, yeah. Talk to yeah. me in three years, right? Right, 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 right. Uh, well, uh, okay, so. I appreciate all that, and maybe I'll back off and, and, and say I haven't saved the Pacers. What I will say is that uh, Brissett's numbers really matter. Um, he's in our top lineups, um, and uh, I think he needs to see more minutes. He plays great. Yeah. So one of the things that we're playing now, we're basically playing a four-guard lineup to start. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure we are. And so one of the thing, one of the reasons I think that maybe Brissett is a, a, a big plus uh, in this lineup analysis is that he actually has some size and can yeah. defend uh, maybe slightly better fours and maybe rebound a Still little bit better. Still hit the better. three. Yeah. Is there, how is the Halliburton, Nemhard, healed Brissett Turner lineup? Is that, does that ever see the floor? Uh, yeah. Do they actually, do well? so, yeah. Um, they do, they do well enough to make my um, my lineup. Yeah, in fact, that me if they made my lineup, it means that they're pro, plus offensively. Okay. Um, let me look. I've got, let me see because I've got a couple that I put in. Um, okay, so they're plus in assists and steals, and they're average on rebounds. Um, yeah. So the Halliburton, Neemhard, Heald, Brissett, Turner is a fairly solid lineup for us. I mean, because that's another possible switch uh, that you might want to consider. My, as a well, well, so that was my suggestion as the first subs, if you were going to start Matherin and Neesmith, that you would pull off Matherin and Neesmith so you could let Matherin rest before you brought in McConnell and put him in with the bench, sure. was my idea. Um, and Brissett could just play through with the bench because he's fantastic with the bench. Basically every bench lineup we have, if he plays, it's better. So, shout out Sauce. Colson, I've, I've been thinking that maybe we, maybe we in uh, for a Patreon we should have like a Carlisle tier, where it's uh, <laughs> you know there's you basically post you, you know your your research uh, into a special Slack channel, and then also. You know, we we uh, put out the unedited uh, Thursday show earlier for for Carlisle, so that you maybe get another day or two with the, with the yeah. updated info. Yeah, before I mean, he, before the competition listens to our podcast and finds out what he's going right, to do. Right, right, yeah. right. I mean, yeah. he gets paid pretty well. We could probably charge him more than five dollars. Yeah. So Patreon 
$100,000 a week. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Carlisle. <laughs> Pony up. Pony up your $100,000 and get this two days before everybody else does. <laughs> I like that you're not offering anything else. <laughs> Best oh, no, he, he would get a koozie. <laughs> oh, he would get a koozie. He'll get a small t-shirt. Sure. Access <laughs> to the free paid content, you know? Yeah, yeah access yeah. to the free paid content. I'll, look, I'll talk to the guy on the phone if he wants it. I'm all in. What a sacrifice. <laughs> it's like a, you got like a sink over here. Look at you. All right. Um, well, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go cook up another tier here real quick and uh, get that on the Patreon. Well, okay, uh, Joe. So here, I, I, is real that briefly, in the pull-down menu, $1,000 a month? Is that? <laughs> while, you, while you work on that, on uh, mm-hmm. I, I just want to say that uh, Turner is... Um, a part of so I have eight lineup or I think seven lineups that work that these are the only seven lineups we should play essentially, and uh, he's a part of five of them, uh, Miles Turner, and I heard a rumor earlier today that I'm a little nervous about, and I would have freaked out a lot about on Slack uh, for uh, Carlisle's hundred thousand dollars a month, but I was working. Um, I heard mm. that Miles Turner turn down the Pacers extension offer. What do you know about this? I mean, I heard the same thing. Um, I think that, well, you know, I guess the, I heard that and I was, I was completely unfazed because I feel like this, you know, at this point of the season, you know, I think this is, you know, you look at Miles Turner's career and I feel like this is potentially going to be, I mean, definitely one of the biggest, but potentially the biggest contract he signs in his entire career. And like a rational human being, he may be trying to maximize that money. And, you know, with inflation uh, being irrelevant to people like this, uh, mm-hmm. I guess let me uh, ignore that part. But, I mean, the, uh, you know, for, for real though, though, you know, trying to maximize what you can get and... Mm-hmm. You know the Pacers have been. I mean, they've been openly talking about trading him for for some time. So there's at least, I mean, you know, there's at least some part of him, I'm sure, that is saying, "Hey, you know, like, you know, we're we're not uh, we're not exactly family here." You know, there's maybe a, maybe he likes the organization, likes the fans, and you know, likes playing here. But let's uh, let's see if there's any, you know, let's see if there's any you know, uh, rumblings elsewhere of saying, any, is anybody else, uh, you know, looking to, to, to make a better offer and kind of see what that market value might be before, you know, b- before finalizing that discussion, you know? So, you know, I think that the Pacers are certainly going to be motivated to not let him walk. You know, it's going to be, it's not going to be disastrous, but it's going to be bad. To, to let well, Joe. Go. No, I, I, I think you're under saying this. So we we offered him the max extension we were allowed to offer him, which was 19 million dollars on top of his 18 million, which would put him at about 37 million dollars a year. Um, and he 
uh, reportedly uh, from Mark Stein rejected that, which means oh. we have to go into the off season. Um, we can offer him more in the off season. That was just the, the max extension we could offer him. I see. We could I see. offer him anything in the off season, um, but he had because basically what he's saying is I'm worth more than that. Yeah, and which is a fair thing for him to say. But right. we as a franchise have to say, are we going to lose him for nothing? And do we need to trade him? That's where we're at right now. And and I'm saying that this team is above 500, above expectation, going to make the playoffs. Miles Turner is having a career year, and he's a part of five of our seven lineups that work. And we can't talk him into staying at least with an extension, which is going to pay him nearly $40 million a year. I don't know where that puts us. Does it put us back in the where we're trading people? You know, I thought we, we the whole season we were going to trade him because we were going to get worse. But, like, we're good now. Now do, are we forced to trade him because we can't re-sign him, which was sort of the whole story to begin with? I mean, most likely, right? Like, So, I, I mean, just to clarify, from what I've read, so the, the – the Pacers can't it like the way it's been phrased in the writing to me, the way I read it is that the Pacers are able to offer him 19.1 million or over his current 18. Oh, we don't even know if we offered him that. Right. Exactly. So we don't know what's going on. I mean, they could have offered him 25 million or something. And he said, get the F out of here, (laughs) you know, like, and, um, it doesn't say that none of this reporting has said, um, I mean, it said currently that the it doesn't seem to be going anywhere right now, but it doesn't. You know, it's not like Miles Turner has come out and said I will never resign with the Pacers or whatever. So, it's this was always my concern with the guy, right? I mean, it's always been my thinking behind it. I just like what right. he said publicly has not been reassuring at all. So it seems like he wants to go to market. He's got every right to go to market, and when he does, someone's gonna throw a ton of money at him. We're gonna lose. And I, I think that matches the tone from the organization too. It's also not been, you know, it's not been very reassuring for, for him. So, I mean, I feel like this is the the, you know, natural outcome of that. Yeah. And yeah, this is our bed. I we mean, made it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But we also we also are like, we didn't say we don't want you here. We're offering an extension. You're right, Jason. We could have offered only five million dollars above what he's normally getting paid. Like. You know, we know what the max we can offer him, but we might not have offered that max, right? Maybe he's upset about that. But at least we do. You think he thinks his his open market value is above thirty seven million dollars? Well, his agent does, even if he doesn't, right? I mean, I mean, he has. I'm to, not right? asking like, his, what his agent or he thinks. I'm asking you if you think he's worth thirty seven million. I think he is worth somewhere between 30 and 40 million dollars on the open market yes i don't know what that market ends up being but i do think it's somewhere in that range Hmm. um i think if he thinks he's going to make 45 or 47 i think he's going to be sad i think he's going to wish he'd taken whatever max offer we gave him because i think there's a real chance in which he thinks he's worth more than he is on the open market but i do think it is a a large number between 30 and 40. Um, I think if we offered him the max we could, 
and he doesn't accept it, I think he. I don't think he's going to make thirty-eight on the open market. Will he make thirty-five? Maybe, but I think that if we offer the max we can offer him, I don't think he can make more than that. That's my that's my going theory. I, I think just, he should. If we offered the max, he should take it and just go with it. If we didn't, then yeah, go go out and see what you can get. I think that, that would be my. Mil. I mean, I I don't have my pulse on the league, but. Um, that would be my advice as his agent. Like, I, I just can't see. Like, if he were the player that were potentially even valued at $38, 40000000 million a year, which is, this is like Steph Curry territory, right? Mm-hmm. In this current CBA. Like, that's insane. Like, who? Right. Would... But the CBA is changing very soon. Probably. Like, in two years. No, right. well, right, probably. But the thing is, right, like you've got to you've got to remember that DeAndre Ayton, who's not as good as he is, is making thirty three million dollars a year, right? Like he's I, worth I, more. Ayton is young and pretty good. He's not as good as Miles Turner. Now, granted, he's four years, five years younger, but he's not as good as Miles Turner. He's just not. If you watch the Suns, he's not that good. I mean, he's good, but he's not Miles Turner good. Like, if we had made that trade and we had him, we would not be this good. Potentially, yeah. I don't know. I just think he's, that's overvalued. I don't know. But I'm, I, Look, I just like think if, that if the, the market's going to change player, dramatically. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't the Lakers have given up extra draft picks to get him earlier? Like, you know what I mean? And I mean, maybe his value changed that much this season because no, it has. I, I think season, I think no. what he's shown as far as his ability to score, re, rebounding better, but, but two rebounds a game is a big difference. His blocks are the same or a little bit lower. I think I really do think that a lot of this has to do with um, his size on our team versus the size that it used to be. Um, and, and, uh, you know, he's beefed up a little bit, but we're really small. And so he seems bigger. Um, and I also think that Halliburton makes his life easier. I don't think that he's worth $40 million on the Lakers or any other team. I think he's perfect for this team. I really do. I've decided he's, he makes a lot of sense with this team. If he's gone, no one plays defense. It just doesn't happen. We're tiny without him. I know we've got a bunch of guys. We got Smith and and Jackson and and Goga and and Daniel Tice maybe, but like we we can't replace him. And I think as a small market, you got to overpay a little bit. I think he will rue the day that he didn't take this signing if we offered him the max. I don't think anybody's going to pay him what you're what what. Uh, what we're offering him. I'm agreeing with you, I guess. I'd be a little surprised if we really offered him almost $40 million a year. That would surprise me if that was our opening. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like if he gets all the way up to that, you know, and he's like, no, I'm turning that down. Then he's. I mean, if we don't start there, I don't think we're going there. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, you're just going to do it. Right. I I assume that you start with you say, hey, look, we were going to pay eight and 33. We'll pay you 33. And he says no, and you say we'll pay you thirty five, but the max we could pay him based on our extension is thirty seven or thirty eight. So like, 
why he's saying why not 38 i mean i i just i see how this conversation goes i just don't think you can get 38 from anybody else i don't think you can get it from us either because i I think it's probably too much money and i don't think that he's just that married to this organization that's kind of just always been my concern regardless of what i think his fit is with the team that's that's just always kind of been secondary to me the 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 pragmatic answer for me has always been the most likely outcome is that we're going to lose them unless we want to over pay him pretty wildly and even then he might not sign so this is why i've always sort of been driven back to the we probably need to deal him with the trade deadline regardless of of what we actually want it's just this is just how it games out so is this a is this a, a hibbert situation where we end up trading him for a second round draft pick you know and cash considerations um because he's now somehow a dinosaur in the league all of a sudden and he thinks he's going to pay get paid way more than anybody's willing to pay him i mean that's what happened to hibbert right no i think this is different i mean he has a skill set that's still um valued in the nba like and i think that there are teams out there that would potentially be interested in in acquiring his services at least for this year yeah. And potentially find, signing them into the future. I mean, but what what's his value at this point? Like we didn't, we wouldn't give up Heald and Turner for less than uh, two draft picks in the way future from the Lakers. Um, does he demand at least a first round draft pick? And is anybody willing to give us that? I mean, I mean I it seems like yes. that's always been on the table. Yeah. Who's like, doing that? Is is is. Uh, you know, I, I would love him to end up in Dallas. That's where he grew up. I think he'd be great fit with uh, Luca. But like, what do you get back? That can you get a first round draft pick and Finney Smith and Christian Wood? I mean, that's like something. Is that too much? I don't, I don't think they'll park away with Christian Wood. <laughs> I think they love Christian Wood. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to... is it a, a first round draft pick from the? Uh, Dallas Mavericks team that has a Luka Doncic on it. That's always going to win is. <laughs> 45 to 50 games exactly. no matter, even Not if there's nobody exactly. else on the squad. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I just feel like I, I want to pay this guy the money and keep him around. That's what I want to do. I mean, I think that's probably still the preferable outcome, but, you know, you got to have him coming to the table. I, you know, I remain skeptical of anybody whose numbers go up in a contract year. I just, people yeah. get a bounce in those years. It seems to kind of always be the case. And he's gotten a pretty big scoring bounce. I mean, he's up from 12.9 to 16.7 points, but his rebounding is up from 7.1 to 7.9. Oh, um, I thought it was uh, like eight something. No, no, it's okay. currently at 7.9. Uh, he's at a, an assist and a half, and he's at 2.2 blocks. His career high is 3.4. So right. I mean, it's certainly not a bad season. I'm not suggesting that. But the growth in these numbers is not exponential by any right. stretch of the imagination. And you know, just for the record, DeAndre Ayton is currently good for 17.6 points a game, 9.8 uh, total rebounds a game, two assists a game. Um, but obviously he doesn't have the blocking presence. Or yeah. any defense, particularly to speak of, right. except being a big body to stand. Well, and and rebounding. Bodies. I mean, that rebounding I mean, yeah, is part I of mean, defense. He's a great yeah. rebounder. He is. I, I think yeah. you undervalue Dander Aiton a little bit, um, but that's that's another pot. <clears throat> yeah. No. I, I I guess 
you're right. I, I, I think that, you know, the value of Miles Turner is that he's the guy that's been running this defense for the last seven years. He is the Pacers culture. He's not worth the money he's asking, I guess. I mean, we have money to burn and spare, but you don't want to. <laughs> we have so much money. <laughs> we do, but you don't want to necessarily lock yourself in forever on, you know, a contract that that will eventually tank you. But if Miles Turner is just who he is forever, and I, I agree, I, I, I still believe this contract will make more sense moving forward. As long as you have enough money to pay um, Halliburton Matthew. everything that you can possibly pay him, I don't really care what you pay other people. Yeah, him and Matherin. Yeah, but, but I've still got the... three years before i got to worry about that. I guess I'm still on this uh, Patreon levels here, but we could do like a... Uh, we could do a salary cap floor uh, tier where mm-hmm. if they're under, they just funnel all that extra money into uh, us. It's got to go somewhere, right? So It's true. And, uh, I mean, yeah. it, it goes to the players, which we appreciate because yeah. they're the ones that are doing the hard work and they're the um, faces I mean, of the franchise. I, w- I would more appreciate it going to me. No, sure. But I'm I'm supporting uh the Pacers. Uh if they want to kick us like a tip or something, I'd be fine, but yeah. The cool mill. Like a finder's fee. Um so okay. So I guess uh, before we move on, I just want to uh, check with you guys. If we offered him the max and he turned that down, he's clearly not going to stay with us or he just wants to make more money in the off season, but no way anybody's going to pay him that. And so he's screwed. So if he, so I guess I need a clarification here. If he turns down an extension from us and then mm-hmm. goes into free agency, can mm-hmm. we sign him to whatever we could sign him to whatever? Number? Yeah. Yeah. But there's okay. no, there's no matching. He's not on like a, uh, one of those things. Then why is the day. extension? So extensions, uh, you you well because you can only you, that's what you can do during the season when it's not free agency. I see. Okay. So extensions are always capped. When he goes in as a free agent, you can pay him whatever you can pay him. I see. Right. Miles Turner will be a true free agent. He can get whatever the market will bear. Right. right. And so we'll just be bidding against other teams at that point. Right now, he we can't bid against other teams. We can only offer him the extension. So. Um, this is how you get guys with incredibly large contracts that happen during the season from their teams. Cause it's, you know, they, because the idea is that they want teams to keep their players. So they give them an option to pay their guys a lot of money during the season before it goes to the free agency. Okay. So that's why it's a huge number. I mean, it's, it's whatever it's that plus one percent or five percent or whatever it is um but it's not as much as we can offer in free agency so actually there is no benefit in this case is what you're telling me well the idea is that if if the well if the the player wants the security right it's not it's uh yeah i don't know i don't think he, he can make that money in free agency i just don't i just don't know that he i mean I do think it's somewhere in that range, 30 to 40, but I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to keep talking, and it's about they're just trying to find, you know, the Pacers probably have in their mind what number they're willing to stop at. 
and Turner has a number that he thinks he's he worth. He thinks he and, can get. Well, at that point, we just does, and you know, hopefully those. Well, and if we can't match overlap, that, <laughs> right? and if if they don't, then we I I kind of agree with you that we're not going to fix that in the. If we have a number already in our heads, that's not the max that we can give him, then we do have to trade him. Because there's no way we're going to pick him up in the offseason, right? Seems unlikely. He's either going right. to go somewhere for all the money or he's going to go try and find the best squad that he can to potentially for less get money. them chips. Okay. All right. So uh, what it sounds like to me is that he's back on the table, which I thought he was off the table because we were playing so well. Uh, but it sounds like he's back on the table and probably gone in February. I, I mean, to me, he's... The situation has not changed a bit. This is where I always thought we were. I just thought we were somewhere different because we were winning games. Harper, you're so hopeful, buddy. I am. I appreciate that about you. I just want him to be around. He's my pacer. As long as Jason has Mather and he's going to be fine. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. I'll be he's in gone. your position th- four years from now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, look, uh, what I've what I've learned is that more Brissette, the better. And you know I love Jackson and Smith, so I guess we'll just get more of that and lose more games. But Worst case you know, scenario. But, like, you know, get some these guys some burn. Yeah. Jalen Smith went to the same high school as my nephew. Wow. Shout out St. Joe's. St. Joe's, where There's was that? Yeah, I was like, where? Baltimore. Baltimore. Is that the only one? No. I'm sure there's a million St. Joe's. But I just knew <laughs> yeah. that Jalen Smith was from St. Joe's. It's the only and one I that Jalen Smith and my nephew went to. Mm. Um, also, isn't that what they called you in uh, high school, Joey? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know there's a St. Joe's in, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. My dad went to high school there. Hmm. With Jalen Smith, no, <laughs> <We're> just, uh, <laughs> with Clark Kellogg. Actually, that was the right. The We're just answer. like just making up shit now. No, Clark Kellogg was real. I though. mean, normally this show is very factual, but now we're just making up shit. No, Clark Kellogg is real. <laughs> it's accurate. That's the name of the show. Clark Kellogg <laughs> is real. All right, team. Um, I got uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about still, and it's my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week! And this week, uh, I still have been uh, uh, catching up on some some soccer news, you know, post-World Cup. And I had found out uh, that recently, uh, so right before the World Cup, one of my old old, uh, uh, favorite... FC Barcelona players, Gerard Piquet, um, retired just mm. right before the World Cup. And so he'd been playing in Barcelona for, like, forever. So Do we need retired. to play Sousa and drink a shot or whatever? Like, he's off your sure. top 25? Uh, oh, I don't know about that. But he's okay. he he's a good defender. Uh, also, I mean, I guess uh, famously was, was married to Shakira for a long time. Yep. They got a couple Ooh. kids. So... Um, so he's a pretty but, man. He's a pretty guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. sure. He's, 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 he's French. 
So French. Gerard Piquet. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, the, the couple things about him. So one was that he, he you know, he, I kind of that caught me that he, he had retired. Um, he was also on the news um, recently. So like since and this was like November, so this was very recently. He's been very active uh, since then. Um, so the one the one thing that he did was called he he created the uh, recently he, he created the the Balloon World Cup and. Uh, which which is a, a a variation of a game i don't know you may people probably played this at home but it's just you take a regular old balloon and you slap it up in the air and you don't let it hit the ground and that's the game you know it's sort of like don't don't let it come down but um i think when the pandemic had was starting and people were were home a lot there were some some viral videos online of like some uh, uh some kids that that started their own balloon league at home it's like three siblings and they you know they they set up a camera and they they recorded their games and they they put them on i don't know tiktok or something and um they get like a million likes and uh you know it's it's uh it's a home game so there's you know you gotta you gotta get around the obstacles which are the couch and the coffee table and um and so he took that and made a professional league out of that and uh, it seems really silly. I, I, I got to watch I watched the fi- like the a, a little bit of the final, and they had a. It actually reminded me a little bit of All Star Weekend because one of the obstacles was a car, and you had to keep jumping over. You know, you you hit the balloon on the other side of the car, and the person would would you know jump over the hood and try to slap the balloon too. It was, it was fun. So, shout out to the Balloon World Cup, which. Um, we're hoping uh, you know there's a there's a long uh, career uh, <laughs> and will dominate the sporting world for so the future. So is Kia sponsored this future I mean, Olympic they, event? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, I assume that they sponsored this so you could jump mm, over the I Kia. I think it may have been Volkswagen, oh, okay. but they're they're, they're uh, losing their touch apparently. Kia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that that I thought was amazing about uh, uh, so I mentioned he'd retired. That I guess this is my second PK stat of the week. As I've never seen this before, so he's been at the club for, like from 2008, I think, to 2022. So been there a long time. You know the fans love him, and so the last he announces his retirement. The last home game that they have, you know, that they the team they wear these sort of like commemorative shirts with a little thing, you know on it for him and uh everybody loves him and it's a great great send-off but there's actually one more game before the world cup break it's away game so they did their big thing at home of course but there's one more game and uh on the road and uh he didn't start the game uh you know they're uh they, they were planning on bringing him in, in the second half as a sub just you know as a as a good veteran to have in to finish the game senior day and yeah yeah so, uh, but what happens is his teammate gets a, a second yellow, which he disagreed disagreed with, and uh, from the bench, uh, when they blew the whistle for halftime, he went to, to the the center referee, and he said, "I guess he let's see what did he say." He said, "Did you see the corner you gave against us? You're the referee that has effed us." Uh, 
uh, over the most by a distance. It's an effing disgrace. F your mother. <laughs> and Settle. So, so the thing that I had never seen before was a straight red for a bench player <laughs> for, for the things he had said. And that was the last so, game he played? That was well, his last professional game. It, wow. it was his last professional game. It was not the last game he played. <laughs> it was the last game he dressed for. And so he was given wow. a red. Go out and, on top. Uh, and and uh, did not return and was not able to play in, in the last game. So, <sighs> Shout out. I feel like he strategically uh, picked that retirement date. As soon as he saw the referee <laughs> schedule, <laughs> he was like, I'm going to tell this what exactly i've been waiting 14 years to get this guy (laughs) yeah yeah he's also like my legs hurt i don't really want to play tonight right (laughs) you don't gotta worry about like those cards carrying over when you retire so i'm gonna go on top (laughs) do whatever you want and update he is he is uh spanish he is not french yeah ah. yeah so he, he He's Spanish, so he's he's also uh, he, but he's, is PK, um, right? Is that Basque or something? That's Gerard PK Bernabeu, Bernabeu, Bernabeu. Yeah. So is he really good at penalty kicks? I don't think so. He's a defender. Okay. He missed his I've calling. Score... I've seen him score some goals, but uh, they're they're normally like, you know, it's a header because he's a big dude. Six four. Yeah, actually, you know, back and this was, I think, both before he was to uh, in his relationship with Shakira. But um, my wife and I, we were watching those games, and and he caught her eye as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. She uh, all of a sudden was like real big into defense. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out. Going out the Shout way. Shout out Gerard Piquet, not French. Ha ha. Ha ha. So, Joe, what I learned from this is that um, people play long careers for certain clubs and then um, get to end their career there. They can. There's also uh, potentially a benefit in, in in the in the soccer world or in, in the European soccer world where there are no salary caps and mm. you you don't have to worry about all this nonsense. If you got the money, you you get the players you want. So well, we got the money. Well, we uh, if we want to give him the money is the question. Yeah. Uh, so I guess. I feel like you all have talked me into the fact that this might be an inevitability. But what I will tell you is that if we trade Buddy Heald. <laughs> Are you going to go flip over? I'm going to go flip gonna over like some cars flipping tables. in front of. Uh, oh, flipping cars. Yeah, flipping cars in front of uh, Gainfield's, whatever it's called now. Gainbridge? Bridge. Gain, yeah, Gainfield, Gainfield Bridge House. House. Gainfield Bridge House. <laughs> Gamefield Bridge House. I'm gonna just flip cards over Gamefield Bridge House. It's a bridge. It's a really nasty bridge league. <laughs> it's a bridge too far. The Bridge House. I'm. Is anybody else real excited about watching Colson flip over cards? Oh. I don't. I don't know how this. I can't really. I can't picture that. How do you? How do you like picture success? Are you just like grabbing them with your arms and just flipping them over? Do you? Are you bringing like a jack or how is this working? 
He's my, jacked. My, yeah, exactly. You've seen this it's arm hey. day. Yeah. A little jacked today. Also, right. um, Bridge House. HDH. Yeah. It's a bridge house. <laughs> that is my cue to end this show. So I'd like to thank everybody for hanging out with us and uh, uh, going on this ride. I, I I truly hope we 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 do keep Miles Turner. I'm a uh, I'm a big fan. I, and, and Colson, I'm I'm with you. I think he's a really good fit for this team. I mean, he he he'd help a lot of teams, but I think that he fits he fits in really well here. And um, I I like it when they you know when they you don't have to worry about the the money stuff and you know you can you can just play and not have to worry about that stuff. But it is what it is. But when you want to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter. We are at Undebeatables on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. You can go to TheUndebeatables.com. There's also a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. You can send us an email. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com and at the website slash store is where the medium, the medium shirts live. For the architect, Donnie Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sucletard. Turn out the lights! Party's over. I'm just sad now. Mm, sorry, man. Well, we better get something good back for Miles Turner. Well, all hope I'm- is not lost. I don't want cap space in a 2029 uh, 2029 draft pick. God, what would we do with cap space? Exactly. We already got too much of that crap. Crap space. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 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 We're four games over 500. We're almost halfway through the season. We're having fun. Loving, Loving life. See, bask bask in the success while you can, Mr. Coulson. Yeah, this is why you shouldn't yeah. let me talk about things because I'm talking about how the, the whole lineup screwed up and then I'm talking about how uh, we're going to lose Turner and everything is awful. Like, we should just be enjoy- This should have been a happy show. God damn it. It makes me happy to make see you sad, so it was happy <laughs> for me. <laughs> Worked out for everyone. What a great friend. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs>